Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perich Vav, Pasuk Aleph, Ha'izu B'nai B'nyamin M'kerev Yerushalayim. And I must apologize, it's Erev Shabbos, the subject matter is still relentlessly desolate, depressing, and seemingly without hope. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Continues or begins the Navi on Pasek Aleph. Hey, Yosef bin Ebin Yamin, literally bin Ebin Yamin, listen what I'm going to tell you. Me care of Yerushalayim, in the midst of Yerushalayim, Ubitakoa Tiku Shofar, Val Base Kerem Su Mase, Kira Nishkafa Mitsafon, Veshever Gadol. All right, listen, bin Ebin Yamin, first thing. Why the uh, emphasis on B'nai Binyamin, and we're going to see it is not accidental or coincidental, Binyamin did share the area of Yerushalayim with Yehuda, but more importantly, the Gemara in Zvachim tells us that Binyamin was the sole occupant of the Mizbeach. It was in his Nachla. So the Mizbeach, which we keep prophesying is about to be destroyed, is in Binyamin's territory. Second, we've learned in the first parak of Yirmiyahu that Yirmiyahu is from the city of Anatot, which is an Ir Kohanim, uh, right outside of Yerushalayim, that is part of the territory of Binyamin. And Yirmiyahu was a Benjaminite, so there is a vested interest in the events that are going to occur. So listen, B'nai B'nyamin, U'b'tikoa tiku shofar, a very interesting play on words. We call it, the device is Lashem Mopel HaLashem. Tekoa is a city in Israel. We're going to see later on Amos, the Navi Amos comes from Tekoa. But Tekoa is also called tiku, blow the shofar. So they could have used any city, but they want to get a linguistic similarity to Tekoa and Tiku. So that is what they do. <clears throat> As we say, it's called Lashem Nofer al-Lashem. So Shofer al-Beis HaKerem. Moreover, <clears throat> Shofer will sound Beis HaKerem. Beis HaKerem is a city, but the Mephorshim is saying more likely it means a vineyard, a house in the vineyard, a watchtower uh, in the vineyard. Listen, all of you, and they're including, you know, these solitude of the field with a single um, watchtower, as well as city like Tekoa. Seul Maseis, lift your your flag, Kira, Nishkafa, Mitzafon, Veshever, Godol. There is disaster coming from the north. We have always described the north as synonymous with Bavel. So just Get ready. It's coming from the north. It will be a disaster. Hanava Hamenuga Damisa Basion. Interesting. That I have always, the Navi says, the Kaddish Baruch describes Bas Yisrael, a metaphor for an Israelite woman, as beautiful, Hanava, but Hamenuga is frail, fragile, dainty, if you will. And that the Mephorshim describing it's the kind of woman who does not go out in the midday sun, stays in the shade, 
goes to sleep at night early. This is Bas Yisrael, but uh, both. Bnei Yisrael is, or rather more appropriately, the Bas Yisrael, which Israel is compared to, is dainty, fragile, beautiful. This becomes important because, as the Navi says, Eleha Yavo Roim Ve'idrehim, coming to her, and this isn't good, oddly enough, are shepherds and their flocks. Taku Aleho, again that metaphor of blowing the shofar for war. Ohalim Saviv, there are tents surrounding a row ish es yodo, each man is practicing his hand to be um, evil. So interestingly, why the metaphor of shepherds and their flock? Because if you think about it, historically, shepherds were considered a sort of um, tranquil pastoral profession. Our greatest leaders were shepherds, be it Avraham, Yaakov, Moshe, David, were all shepherds because it's considered a, a perfect breeding ground, you'll excuse the pun, for leadership. So then why the metaphor of a shepherd? An interesting parish from the whole people, the Matsudas David, who says that here we're talking about a different kind of shepherd. Let me read it to you. Anoshim shepolim v'nishvalim v'nivzim. These are lowlifes. They're not Jewish people. They hain hakazdim, Chaldeans, which are also the name for Bavel. And they are lowlife ruffian brigands. And it's to contrast the delicacy we have created with the Jewish woman and these people who couldn't care less. And they are just, you know, going to be looting, destroying, and burning. That is the reason for that uh, metaphor. Kitshu aleha milchama kumu And they are saying, get ready for war, dedicate war, kumu, let's go up, v'nale b'tzaharayim. Let's go up in the afternoon. Oy lanu ki pana hayom. Ki yinotu tzolele It's a pasuk we say in Mila. It's pshat means that oy lanu ki pana hayom. The day is getting towards its end. Ki yinotu tzolele The shadows of dust are closing in. So on one level, we are saying that it is a prophecy that Israel's day in the sun is about ended. The special favorite status with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, the special blessing, the special shmir of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, is about to end. Nightfall is coming. On another level, we're saying it is the Babylonian, the Babylonian is saying we are attacking now at dusk. From this simple sentence, we learn of a major, major machlokas in Masechta Tanis, Chaf Tes Amud Aleph. Specifically, we've all learned it. When does Tisha B'Av occur? When is the actual burning of the temple? So let me read it to you. Vatanya, Ev Shalomer B'Shivas saw the temple was destroyed. Um, uh, because the incident took place. All right, so we can't say it was on the 10th of Av because of Yirmiyahu. 
that it says, so how can you reconcile? Is it the ninth? Is it the tenth and the seventh? So the Gemara says, On the seventh, the heathens entered the sanctuary. And what they did was defiled it. On the seventh and eighth, they did sort of acts of depravity. And on the ninth, towards evening, they set fire to it. And it continued to burn the entire tenth of Av. Shenemar, and this is where we get it, from this exact puzzle. So, and from this Rabbi Yochanan, who is in the Machlokes with um, the Rabbanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, This teaches us, Rabbi Yochanan says, were I living in that generation, remember he appears subsequently, had I been present, I would have made Tisha B'Av on any day other than the 10th of Av and not on the 9th. Why? That was the day the temple was actually burned. Rabbanan say that no. They hold for the ninth of of Aschalto de Puranusa Adifa, the beginning of the disaster, the inception of the calamity is the date you fix. So that's the Machokas, is it the ninth? Is it the tenth? Do you start from the ninth and roll over into the tenth? Is it exclusively the tenth? But the reason I bring it uh, is that this is where they get it from. This puzzle is the source of the Machlokas. So, um, continues the Navi on Pasukei, Kumu v'nale b'loyla, so now the Babylonian troops are speaking, let us go up in the night, v'nishkisa armanaseha, let us destroy its palaces. Ki ko'amar Hashem Hashem Tzvaos, kirsu eitzah, tear down trees, Fell all the woods, the trees, the shafku ayyushalayim solar, make ramps in Yerushalayim. This is the enemy talking. Make these ramps that give us easy access to the center of Yerushalayim and the temple. He ear hefgab, the old city, the entire place is doomed. It is marked for punishment. Kula Oshekbakirba. There is just treachery in its path. Malbin brings a very interesting question. We have a halacha in Judaism about Tashkis. You don't destroy things, especially trees that um, we know when we besiege a town, when B'nai Israel, the, the uh, army, they leave the trees that you're not allowed to destroy the tree for whatever the purpose. You can't do it. It's called Baltashkis. Here, we're telling, the Navi is telling the enemy Tear down every tree. Don't leave anything standing. Uh, and the answer, of course, is that Jews, one, non-Jews, are not mandated on um, that concept of Baltashris. And two, they're telling us there's going to be nothing left. It doesn't matter. That's if you've got an occupied city. This will be desolate and completely empty, so it does not apply. Just an interesting Thought. Continues the Navi, 
Ki hakir biyarmi yemeho ben hakrevo yaseha chomas v'shodi shamaba alponai tomid cholay umakeh. Says the Navi, because like a spring, like a spring that gushes water, it's got a permanent source of water, a natural spring. So is the raw, the evil that's just eminent, that's flowing from you without stop, without rest. Hamas, corruption, treachery, Vashodi, Shamaba, Alponai Tomid. I hear nothing but the corruption, the evil, the venality, the, the absolute wickedness of man towards his fellow man. Alponai Cholai Umaka. From this, I am sick, and ill. But from this you learn that that kind of immersion in sin, like B'nai Yisrael were, with its non-stop evil, eventually takes a toll on the practitioner's health. And that's what's going to happen. It's going to be not only a spiritual malaise, it's going to be a literal physical sickness. Now, somewhere in there, the Mephoshim say, there will be a call for repentance. And so, In other words, you're not, forget it, as it were. There's no way out. Um, my soul is fed up with you. Uh, I am prepared to reduce the land to total desolation. Lo no shava, there will be no one inhabiting. Kolamar Hashem Sa'os, Olalai Olalu Kagefin Sheirish Israel. Interesting metaphor, beautiful metaphor, that the grapes that you've taken from your vine, Olalai Olalu Kagefin Sheirish the harvesters, here the enemies, will come back and come back again, literally trying to pick off every grape they can from the vine, from the basket, etc. Uh, Think of it as a harvester going into the ba- a bucket each time that he's gathered them, the pail, and running his hand in to take more and more. And the Mephoshim point out, in Babel, this is exactly what happened. There was a phased exile. We know they first take Tzitkiyahu. Then he comes back for Hoyochin. Then they come back for the nobles. Then they come back for Yochin. It was a systematic, like taking each grape, not missing a grape. In other words, don't relax, the Kaddish Baruch was saying, until every Jew is exiled. And from there, Mephoshim have no trouble drawing a parallel to the Holocaust. We saw that they went back day after day. Uh, If you weren't there, they would come back a day or two later. They would search you down. That's what this metaphor is. No one's going to escape. They are going to find you like loose grapes in a pail. And now somewhere there is an inference that he has been asked to... Do a request for tshuva. Amiadabra says the Navi. Who am I going to speak to, Kaddish Baruch The age of Yishmo, that is going to listen to me, that knows of you. Hine arela aznayim. They are like blocked of hearing. Below you, they can't listen. Hine devar Hashem hayolahem lecherpa lo yachvetsu. But what you say to them is not interesting. 
has absolutely no interest, it's embarrassing, and therefore they don't want to hear you, Pasha. They do not wish to hear from you. And so being Arab Shabbos, and this is not going to get any better, this might be a very good time to stop, continue, 8.45 a.m. Monday, Adkan.